Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly. Get ready for the latest episode of the Cast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stardom Cast. I am your host, Matt Turner, and I am unfortunately not joined by your friend and mine, one Rob Goodwin. I am flying solo today as Rob Goodwin is on the injured reserve list. Alas, though, folks, he's A-OK. It's just his foot. Rob sent me a text message yesterday, the day before the recording, saying, hey, buddy, I think I broke my foot. You're probably going to have to do the podcast tomorrow solo, if that's okay for with you. I said, absolutely, Rob. Not a problem, my friend. So the obvious question that everyone has, the obvious elephant in the room, and the same question that I had was, Rob, how did you break your foot? I immediately asked him, did you break your foot by trying to do the Cosmic Angels dance? He responded back immediately, uh, LOL, laughing, saying, yes, that's exactly what he did. But then he told me, actually how he really broke his foot and i flat out told him i said rob we cannot tell our listeners that story because it's absolutely boring the stardom cast is to be funny informative and entertaining there's no entertainment in that story whatsoever so i have to go uh on recording when i record the podcast and let everybody know that you broke your foot and the reason why you cannot record with me this week is because you broke your foot doing the cosmic angels dance now If I can have everybody, please do me a favor because I think this will be absolutely hilarious and fun and funny. Tweet at Rob at the real Rob Goodwin. Obviously wish him well um, on a speed of recovery on his foot slash ankle. And if you can send him a GIF or a picture or a meme or anything with any of the Cosmic Angels 
I think that'll be absolutely hilarious uh, <laughs> and something that I'll obviously get a kick out of uh, pun, I guess, intended. He will as well. And I hope everybody out there, the uh, friends and family of the Stardom cast, get a kick out of as well. So, um, yeah, so this is going to be me flying solo, kind of throwing it back to uh, just a few months ago when I was doing the podcast solo. So just going to be me here, folks. We're going to uh, the. Uh, we're just going to be reviewing the card from the fifth of November because as is the recording, only half the show of the sixth went up, and then we're just going to be previewing the um, the announced cards for Gold Rush and Historic Crossover. So this might be a little bit shorter of an episode. We shall see. Uh, before we get into everything with the Stardom cast here today. I just kind of just want to say, um, hey, big weekend in the world of entertainment and comics. Uh, as I'm sure all you know, I'm a big fan of comic books. We have Black Panther 2, Electric Boogaloo. That's not what it's really called. Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever coming out this weekend. Really, really excited to go uh, to go and see it. I know the pod, this podcast will drop on Friday. I'm actually going with Lily, my daughter, my favorite pe- uh, people to go to the movies ever with. I'm going with on Thursday night. And um, hey, if you're going to go see it this weekend... Drop me a line. Let me know what you think, uh, if you enjoyed it or not. Obviously, the big question, one of the big questions going into this movie is who is going to be replacing uh, the late, great Chadwick Boseman as the Black Panther? Obviously, he repri- he had the fantastic, he did the fantastic job of the role of playing Black Panther, not only in the first Black Panther movie uh, of T'Challa, um, but also in the Avengers movies as well. We lost Chadwick Boseman a few years ago, I believe, to uh, to cancer. Uh, obviously, very, very sad. Marvel came out and they said they will will not recast T'Challa. I've read a lot. I've read a lot of Black Panther runs uh, in my day, and I believe it was the Don McGregor run, which they um, which T'Challa did pass on, and he was replaced by Shuri. And I think that's what they're going to be doing in this one. I think uh, that Shuri is going to be taking up the mantle of the Black Panther. And I don't mean Sherry, our current World of Stardom champion. I mean T'Challa's sister, uh, Sherry, who is played by uh, Letitia Wright, who's done a fantastic job in that role, uh, most notably known for uh, the part in the Battle of Wakanda and Infinity War when they're when Bruce Banner's trying to explain to Sherry how they're trying to get the Mind Stone out of Vision's head. And she's like, how come you didn't do this, this, and this? And basically just being a smart ass to the genius that is Bruce Banner. So I'm really excited to go, really excited to uh, to see it. I mean, anytime I go to the movies, I just, I'm like a big kid. I just love going to the movies. And the fact that it's one of these really big Marvel movies, I'm excited to see that. My prediction in this movie, because it looks like it's uh, Atlantis is going to be evading Wakanda. And uh, I know that we've seen some shots of uh, Namor, the Submariner. I think that we're going to get a big introduction to the Fantastic Four. Uh, we'll probably not see any of the members of the Fantastic Four in this movie, but I think that this is going to be kind of the bridge toward towards it. Uh, Black Panther did debut in the issues of Fantastic Four. Also, uh, Namor is a uh, basically a frenemy of the Fantastic Four, notably in a lot of the runs, especially a lot of the runs in the last 20 years or so. He's tried to swoon one Susan Storm away from... Uh, Away from one Reed Richards, and but at the same time, that whenever the Fantastic Four get in trouble with the big villain, whether it's the Mole Man, whether it's Doctor Doom, whether it's Galactus, there is sometimes they have to ask Namor, um, the Submariner, for some help. So I think that we're going to see some seeds planted for the Fantastic Four movie, which I believe comes out. I think it's Valentine's Day actually, in I think like 2024 or 2025. So 
reserve. I know it is Valentine's Day, so reserve your uh, Valentine's Day dates for the next two or three years coming up. So again, uh, if you are going to see that, let me know what you think. Drop me a line. You all know how to get a hold of me. Okay. Um, last week, Rob, well, there was a question that was asked on our Patreon. I believe it was Steve over at our Patreon. And if I had that wrong, please, you know, correct me, you know, send me a message. Uh, asked about if we would ever brew our own stardom cast beer. I know me and Rob kind of like laughed it off and, you know, thought, hey, you know, I guess maybe it's a possibility. Who knows? Maybe yes, maybe no. I, I thought about it for about a day and a half. And I do have friends that work in the, the beer industry. So I thought, you know what? Again, I always say if if uh, you don't if you don't ask, the uh, answers always no. So I asked my friends over at uh, Funk Brewing and I I uh, promote Funk Brewing just as much as I promote Rob's book. Uh, and, you know, if you're asking what book is that, that's Living the Dream, Stardom's 10th anniversary in review. Um, but I go back to the beer thing. So um, I am a big fan of what they're doing over at Funk Brewing. And again, friends of mine own it. I will always promote my friend's stuff uh, regardless. Uh, if it's really, really good, I'll promote it all the time. Just like Rob's book, I promote uh, the funk, funk brewing. You'll see it on my Instagram. You'll see it on my Twitter. Their beers are absolutely fantastic. And they're big fans of professional wrestling and rock and roll, which uh, suits me really well. In November, they always drop a beer called, it's a coffee beer. It's called Shot in the Dark, which obviously there is a very famous Ozzy Osbourne song called Shot in the Dark. In the beginning of January, they have a, they drop a beer called Royally Rumbled, which is a take off the uh, the Royal Rumble, and the font of the of that of the uh, the art on that can is done in the font of Metallica's Ride the Lightning. They also have some really fantastic dessert beers. They just came out with a brownie beer. Haven't had a chance to have that yet. They have a beer called uh, Neapolitan, which is like your Neapolitan ice cream. It's brewed with uh, vanilla spices, uh, strawberries, and chocolate. Which is that? Like I said, it's a really good beer. My favorite of the dessert beers is something called Cookie Monster. Where it is brewed in with chocolate chip cookies, chocolate chip cookies, and a hint of vanilla. So what I'm trying to say is, Fung Brewing is the real deal. It's not just like a fly by night brewery. So what I did is I text my buddy Norman. Norman's been a mentor of mine, uh, probably the last like 15 years or so. I mean, uh, I can uh, I, I, I'm not going to bore you with the story. Maybe that's just maybe we'll have Norm on the show to explain everything that you know, but he doesn't Funk Brewing. But I basically so I sent Norm a message and I said, hey buddy here's kind of like an idea that's kind of gotten thrown at us. Would we be able to do the stardom cast beer? Was this a possibility? And is this something that you guys over at Funk would back us up? He immediately texted me back. He said, absolutely. Obviously there's a lot of things we would need to sit down and discuss, but if you guys over at the stardom cast and your listeners really want, really have a demand for this and it's something that you guys want to do, we absolutely can make it happen. Um, I text Rob and I said, you won't believe this, but this beer thing that kind of was just kind of just thrown at us on Patreon. This is something that we can really, really do something that we really, really can pursue. Obviously, there's a lot of discussions that we need to talk. We need to talk to the people over at Funk uh, and whatnot. But if this is something that me and you really want to do, there's a very good possibility, folks, that in the year 2023, there'll be a stardom cast beer out there. Again, it's not definite. It's something that... All of us, you know, between the start, all of us at the Stardom Cast and all of us at Funk Brewing are going to have to sit down or Zoom because of the fact that Rob is all the way across the uh, the other side of the earth that uh, we probably have to do a Zoom meeting or a Microsoft Teams meeting 
to really figure out this is something that we want to pursue. If this is something that you, the you know, the friends and uh, family over at the Stardom cast want, you know, just let us know. Let us know. I mean, if there's a demand for it, it's something that we will absolutely pursue. So fingers crossed, you might see the Stardom cast brew somewhere in the stores uh, by the end of 2023. So really exciting stuff. So of uh, so moving on, I just kind of want to move on to what we have going on on Patreon. First of all, thanks to everyone that has subscribed to the Patreon. So this past Monday, we dropped for the Red Belt tier members our watch along. Mayu Iwatani challenging Kari Hojo for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Kind of very fantastic timing on my part there, putting that match up, considering the fact that in one week's time, it will be Mayu Iwatani and Kari main eventing and we'll get to that in a minute the historic crossover show so arguably the biggest match in stardom's history coming down the pike in just about one week's time uh coming up next week on our watch along will be momo az uh in the finals of the 20 let me let me rewind the button here uh, will be the finals of the 2021 goddess of stardom uh tournament it will be momo az going up against Hazuki and Koguma FWC. So because I have not watched enough Momo Watanabe and Azumi tagging and not watched enough Hazuki stuff, I figured, hey, let's just get that in there as well. And speaking of Hazuki, it's in the can, ready to go. It should be in your feeds for the white belt and red belt tier Patreon members. The Hazuki High Speed Championship reign, that should be in the Patreon feeds in the next few days. It's recorded, ready to go. And at the end of this month of November, the Kagetsu Red Belt rank will be there in there as well. So again, thanks to everyone for the fantastic support and hello to all of our new Patreon members. So, all right, let's go. Sidon had a press conference where they ran down a good majority of the matches coming up for not only historic crossover, but the night before on November 19th, the Gold Rush 2022. I'm just going to run these down real quick because obviously we're going to do a preview for this show next week. And, of course, I want to do the preview uh, with Rob. So, again, I'm kind of just going to run these down real, real quick. And then we'll do a full preview on next week's show of Gold Rush uh, 2022. And, of course, to start crossover. First of all, we are going to have the Moneyball Tournament, which the finals will be in a tables, ladders, and chairs match. So, we have the Stars team of FWC, Hazuki, Mayu, excuse me, uh, Hazuki, Koguma, and Mayu, Mayu uh, taking on the God's Eye team of Mirai, Tomoka Inaba, and Amisori. That match is going to be great. The fact that we're going to see Inaba and Hazuki, two fantastic strikers in their ring together. I mean, just just the combinations. Just FWC up against there against uh, Amisori and uh, Mirai. That's going to be great as well. Mayu in there with Mirai. We, yeah, they had a fantastic match uh, on the, the on the on uh, this year's uh, five-star. So that match is a match that I'm really looking forward to. Obviously, you have the three championship matches that are going to headline the show but just that match of fwc for uh fwc and mayu versus god's eye i think that's going to be absolutely terrific and then on the other bracket we have uh, donald Mundo team of my sakurai tekla and julia taking on the cosmic angels team of waka tam nakano and natsupoi so you have tam and natsupoi the current goddess of stardom tag team champions taking on i'm just a big fan of these six person tags with Julia, because Julia has a tag team with Tekla, known as Mafia Bella. Bella, obviously, they are in this year's uh, Goddess of Stardom tournament. And then when Tekla got injured earlier this year, Julia was teaming up with May Sakurai, making the team of um, Oh My Julia. So, um, 
So you basically have Julian. I've noticed in these six-person tags since Tekla's been back that Julian's been doing her tag stuff in these matches with both Tekla and May Sakurai. So, and then you're throwing in, obviously, Waka doesn't have a win. Probably going to eat the pinfall here. But she's fantastic in the ring. And then you're obviously throwing in uh, Tam and Natsupoy, the tag team champions as well. So I think that's going to be absolutely terrific. And then um, you're going to see, again, you're having a ladder match as the finals. I never wanted Mayu to lose a match so much before because as we talked about in this podcast, we don't want Mayu in a ladder match. Not only a ladder match, but a tables, ladders, and chairs match, a TLC match the night before the biggest match in stardom history with Kari. So I'm going to go on on a limb and say the winners of this whole tournament is going to be... I think just by process of elimination is going to be the God's Eye team. Because, I don't, again, I just don't see Mayu in a TLC match the night before uh, the match with Kari. Julia doesn't need um, to win this tournament considering the fact that she'll probably she's going to be in the main event of the biggest show of the year coming up on the end of December. Waka is probably going to eat the pinfall in that match. So I think just by process of elimination that God's Eye is going to win the tournament. Um, but, again, more on that next week. So I just want to quickly preview the three championship matches as we have Azumi defending the high-speed championship against Momoka Hanazoko. Hopefully I said that right. I've never seen Hanazoko wrestle before. If anybody has any YouTube links or any links where I can watch her matches, please send them my way as uh, I know that Stardom would not put her in this big show, in this big match um, headlined by these two fantastic main events against one of the best wrestlers in the world uh, in Azumi. If they didn't think that she could deliver it, obviously we saw what happened earlier in this year uh, with Mesagura and what probably my favorite high speed uh, championship defense from Izumi this year. And I'm so excited to see Izumi defend that high speed championship as she's one of my favorite champions in all of wrestling in this year. Um, what I'm assuming is the co-main event, the main event, the two championship matches, the white belt and the red belt, both big time matches. Uh, obviously, the focus is more on the white belt. Sai Kamatani, my wrestle of the year, going up against Kyrie for the uh, Wonder of Stardom Championship. That's a huge, huge match. When that match was supposed to happen back at Stardom, X Stardom, the main event of that show was Nanai Takahashi challenging Shuri for the World of Stardom Championship. And I, like many people, thought that Kyrie versus Sai Kamatani was the bigger match. Should go on last. Obviously, Kyrie came down with COVID. That match had to be changed to Sai Kamatani defending the Wonder of Stardom Championship up against uh, Himika. And that match absolutely completely blew everyone's expectations away in one of my favorite matches of the year, for just, not just from Stardom, but from any company. However, the main event is Shuri defending the World of Stardom Championship against Utami. Obviously, this coming off Utami's last second victory in this year's five-star Shiri trying to get her win back. So I'm assuming Shiri versus Utami will go on last. I'm not sure what match will be better. This literally might be the best one-two combination of matches that I have seen since Wrestle Kingdom 11, which had uh, Tanahashi and Naito for the IC Championship. And then the main event was Okada versus Omega for the IWGP Championship. But this is these two one-two punch combination matches. This is something that literally can be on their Dream Queendom show. And the fact that this is uh, six weeks before Dream Queendom, what are we getting for the last two matches for Dream Queendom? Obviously, it'd probably going to be Shuri versus Julia going on last. But what's the co-main event going to be? Maybe Saya and Kairi goes to a time limit draw, and then they run it back again. 
uh, at Sumo Hall? That I don't know. Um, needless to say, some really, really interesting stuff. And obviously, there is a, uh, there's a few other tag matches as well. Again, uh, we will review that in full next week when once one one Mr. Rob Goodwin perfects the Cosmic Angels uh, dance. And again, he'll be back with me next week. And uh, they announced the uh, entire card for the next day, the 20th, the historic crossover card. And with uh, stardom in New Japan, and they announced that Mayu, Iwatani, and Kari for the uh, finals of the IWGP uh, Championship Tournament will be the main event of that show. That's a big deal. I mean, listen to the names that are on the show. Big names like Will Ospreay. Big names like Hiroki Goto. Big names like Zack Sabre Jr. Big names like Hiroshi Tanahashi. Big names like Kazuchika Okada. Big names. I mean, is there any bigger name in the history of New Japan that's not Antonio Noki than the Great Muda? The Great Muda coming back on this show on his very lengthy retirement tour. And it, the main event of this show is Mayu versus Kyrie. Again, this show, if it does, over 5,500 people will be the most watched stardom match in attendance uh, of all time. Well, I mean, I guess you have the Tokyo Dome shows. But again, uh, regardless, again, I'm kind of just going to run down quickly the stardom uh, side of the card. We have Starlight Kid and Momo Watanabe teaming up with El Dasperado and Doki, taking on the team of Natsupoi, Tom Nakano, uh, Yoshibono, Kanemura, and Taichi. So you get some flavors of Black Desire versus uh, Meltier, so former champions and the current champions. So that'll be really good, really, really interesting. Probably the one of the... Then you have another uh, two really solid mixed tag matches. Micah and Hiroki Goto taking on the team of Utami and Hiroshi uh, Tanahashi. As of this recording, they just showed shirts of Hiroki Goto and Micah and then shirts of Utami and uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. I have no idea how to get my hands on those shirts. I don't need any more wrestling shirts. I have so many but I would feel like a fool if I didn't buy them. Both of those look absolutely fantastic, and this match is going to be great. So we get to see uh, Utami and Micah go at it again, never get sick of that pair, and Tanahashi and Goto. They've had some classics over the last 10 years in stardom. And then we have, how about this team? Basically the team of shooters. Sherry taking on Tom Lawler. Obviously these two have both have fought in the UFC, or not Sherry taking on Tom Lawler. Sherry teaming with Tom Lawler, but that's a match I'd pay to see, Sherry teaming and fighting Tom Lawler. So you have, and Tom Lawler is a noted, noted stardom fan, and maybe somebody that in the very near future we need to get on the podcast. That's something that uh, I'll probably be working on sometime uh, towards the end of the year. Uh, Sherry team with Tom Lawler, two shooters, two former UFC fighters, taking on technical wizards of Julia and Zack Sabre Jr., Again, Tom Lawler, Zack Sabre Jr., that's going to be fantastic. And I think this match is just going to serve as a giant preview for the Julia Sherry uh, World of Stardom Championship match. Again, that match will be set in stone after I think Sherry has the successful title defense against Utami the night before. So this match is basically going to be a giant uh, preview, giant commercial for that match. And then you have Tom Lawler and Zack Sabre Jr., two of the best wrestlers in New Japan. I know it's not a stardom match, but it looks like what the co-main event is for the IWGP U.S. champion as Shota Umino, uh, returning from excursion, will challenge Will Ospreay, one of the wrestlers of the year, in what should be an absolute fantastic match. And then, of course, the main event, two of the three daughters of stardom, Mayu Iwatani and Kairi, for the uh, IWGP, to crown the first ever IWGP Women's Championship. Uh, it's just exciting. That's That whole weekend 
It's just so exciting between the, the show on the 19th, the show on the 20th. The AEW show looks pretty good. And there's a the women's match on the AEW show uh, features two former stardom champions. Tony Storm, obviously the first uh, stardom wrestler, first and only stardom wrestler to win the five star and the Cinderella in the same year as uh, she'll be defending the AEW Women's Championship against former uh, tag champ and Jamie Hayter. So uh, there's going to be a lot of wrestling going on that week in the Turner household. Okay, folks, I think I pretty much just kind of ran over everything. And again, we are going to have a much bigger preview of the shows on the 19th and the 20th next week, as we'll be a, a few days away. So I guess the last thing to do, and again, yeah, this is going to be a shorter show. Again, the only show that is completely up on Stardom World, the show on the 6th went up, but I think it's just three or four matches. Obviously, I did not get a chance to watch them. So we're just going to re re uh, review the show from the 5th. So again, this is just going to be a quicker show, shorter show, which I'm assuming next week is going to be a, uh, a bigger show. So, okay, this match, uh, this show took place again the 5th of November in front of 307 uh, people. The first match was a three-way dance as Starlight Kid took on Lady C and Ruaka. So you two members of a widow tie taking on a members of Queen's Quest. So we all knew what was going to happen in the beginning. Basically, it was a glory, glorified handicap match. Eventually, Lady they did a good job getting some heat on Lady C, building some sympathy. Eventually, Lady C gets her first advantage with a double Russian leg sweep and gives Starlight Kid the giant swing. That was a really, really cool visual to see Starlight Kid's uh, fantastic match mask just being spun around that was really cool uh eventually wait until gets the double team back in on to uh on the uh, lady c the lady c winds up uh, coming back fighting back with uh, the double giant baba style clothesline and then lady c hits starlight kid with a huge choke slam gets a two count ruka blindsides lady c with a fisherman suplex for two and then starlight kid follows up with a lightning spiral moonsault combination for the win Seven minutes forty-seven seconds. I have this one at three and a quarter stars. We go to the blue goddess of stardom tournament bracket as we have the team of seven up uh Nene Takahashi and you coming in with two points, taking on the team of Mirai and Ami Sori, who uh, don't have any points uh, going into this match. So uh, we had a really great lockup with uh Ami Sori and uh Nene Takahashi. Nene backs uh Backs up Ami with some form. Some really good strike exchanges with uh, Nene Takahashi and Ami Sori. And then the match, I'm not going to say it falls apart. There was just, I, I have to bring this, I have to bring this up. I've only seen you wrestle in Stardom before. I've never seen her wrestle in any other company before. I know she came out with a belt from another company. Forgive me, uh, it escapes me. But Mirai, they basically almost team off like Mirai and you in the middle part of the match. Mirai comes in. She's one of the hardest hitters in stardom. And I know you as a bigger uh, bigger wrestler, bigger, stronger wrestler than Mirai. But Mirai comes in. She's firing off these forearms. And Mirai's known for her hard-hitting style. And you just know selling them. And just, it's not like, I understand if you're not going to sell something. It's one, it's like, because, well, somebody's new into the territory, which obviously she's not. And because it's Mirai, she's the former Cinderella uh, champion, did fairly well in the five star, had a couple shots, had a shot at the uh, Sai Kamatani's white belt, had a few shots, had a few shots at the Goddess Stardom Tournament. Or another reason you, you would no sell is because your strikes just aren't that good. And because if you're not throwing stiff strikes and you're selling, then who looks like the phony? You're basically selling a bad, a bad magic trick. And Mirai's really laying stuff into you and she's just no selling them. 
And it gets to a point where Mariah hits her Larry combination, one in the front, one in the back, and like floor. I and mean, she hits this Larry in the back of you, hits her right in the back of that, kind of floors her. And then we're getting towards like the meat and crux of the match and everything. Everything that, that Nanai did was really, really good. She sold. She knew where she needed to be. She was, you know, stiff and safe spots. I thought everything that she did was really, really good. But then it gets to the part where Ami and Mariah need to double team. They're going to start, you know, putting over her double, their double team moves. And they go for the double sandwich clothesline and it was off. I'm like, that's weird. They'd done that spot a whole bunch before. Then there's a spot where Mariah's coming off the ropes to go for a clothesline and you just does not sell into the right spot. And just not where she needs to be. It kind of gets clung. It was a good match, but it just seems like you just didn't want to sell. Like, didn't want to be there. But everything that Mariah and Ami did as a team was really good. And everything that Nanai did, I thought was absolutely excellent. Excellent here. And Nanai, who's, you know, over 40, just, she's fantastic. I thought everything I've seen her since she's been back here in stardom uh, towards the tail end this year, I've really been impressed with. But then even like the part where Mariah is like going for the double wrist lock, like you just won't even sell it or won't even give it to her, won't even feed nothing. So you get to the time limit drop and then the camera goes on, zooms on you. She takes her wrist uh, things off and angrily throws them on the ground. You can see that she's she's very frustrated and kind of part of my language pissed off. And she goes up and gets in Mariah's face, not on face, gets in Mariah's face. And they kind of have a stare off and then... You kind of just like slaps her in the face, which I thought was something else. Um, so uh, I thought that that was just a little bit odd. I don't know if it's a storyline, but at the same time, you're kind of new into the territory of stardom. The biggest women's wrestling company in the world. Second biggest wrestling company in Japan. and What we think is the fourth biggest wrestling company in the world. You're no selling a star that they've been pushing since January. You know, won the Cinderella tournament, yada, yada, yada. And then afterwards, you're just kind of, she kind of came off to me as unprofessional. And again, if this is part of the storyline, guess what? Rossi Ogawa, you guys got me. You guys got me. Because if this is what they're doing with the Neo Stardom Army, hey, okay, where they're going to be just a little bit different different, and a little bit difficult to, to deal with in storyline, then hey, hook, line, and sinker, you're doing something different. But to me, and if I'm wrong or if anybody else agrees or disagrees with me, you know, let me know. To me, I thought this you just came off as very disrespectful and very unprofessional. And maybe, hopefully, I mean, this is only their second match in the tournament. It's still have a ways to go. And on the Gold, the Gold Rush show, I believe they're wrestling Mike and Himika, two of the hardest hitters. And I don't think they're going to be putting up with any of that crap. So I'm going to be really focusing close on that match on the 19th just to see. I mean, maybe, again, maybe she just had some... Maybe when they were putting the match together, she didn't like the way she was vibing with Mariah. Maybe she didn't like the something that she was doing. I mean, who knows? But again, when you're newer into the territory and one of your big top dogs you're no-selling for and being disrespectful for and not being at the right spot at the right time, uh, that's just not good. Not good. But I thought the match was pretty solid uh, other than that. Again, time limit draw, three and a half stars. We move on to match number three. We have the team of Milk here, which I'm starting to like that name now. Tam and Atsuboy taking on the team of uh, Azumi and Miyu Amasaki. Obviously, this wasn't a, a tournament match because they're in different blocks, but I thought this match is really, really good. Uh, Azumi and Miyu hit a uh, double drop kick to start the start on the champs. Boy, I tell you, this is a match that maybe somewhere down the line next year I would like to see for the tag belts. Um, we get some really good double team spots from the O2 line as Azumi and Miyu are really, really gelling well together. Um, and then we get some... Uh, basically, the coin gets flipped as we see some really good tag team spots from the tag team champions as well. I mean, it makes sense. They are the tag team champions. Miyu hits a beautiful spike DDT. Azumi comes in, 
uses the high-speed offense to take down Meltair for basically their, the first real advantage for the O2 line team. Uh, Azumi locks Tam in an armbar. Tam fires back on Azumi with some brutal, brutal uh, knees to the head. Azumi and Tam work very, very well together. They have like a four or five-minute match in this year's five-star. It's basically high-speed Tam hanging with Azumi. I love to see these two have like a 14, 15-minute match because their stuff together here was really, really good. Uh, Poi crushes uh, Miyu with the boot scrape drop kick. And look at how about Natsupoi? Turning it around. Everybody's beating up on uh, poor Natsupoi, uh, you know, lately, these past few months. She turns it around on the rookie Miyu. Uh, Zumi and Miyu hit a head kick roll up combination that we've seen before. Really like how they do that. Um, Azumi hits the double stomp uh, as Miyu hits these. And then Miyu follows up with a sit out pedigree for two. Tam launches Azumi with the German suplex. And then the uh, tag team champions hit the double super kick combo on the rookie Miyu Amasaki. And then Fall Boy, Natsupoi hitting a lightning spiral. And the Ferial Gift gets the job done. 10 minutes, 40 seconds, three and a half stars. Again, this is a really, really good match. And it's a match that maybe Rasugawa's, like if they're looking for challengers for Meltiers, I just don't see them taking the belts off the two of them soon. I think that um, this would be a really good match somewhere in 2023. You know, give them something like 15, 16, 17 minutes because I think Miyu's just gelling really, really good with Azumi. They're having some really good tag spots, and they're building up the finish really well. And obviously, Tam and Natsupor are two huge, huge stars for the company. Match number four, my favorite match of the evening, Saeeda uh, teaming with Mayu Yutani to taking on the team of Saekamatani and Yutani Aishista, representing Queen's Quest, also known as Aphrodite. So we have a tale of two Saiyas and then uh, the finals of the uh, Japanese block with Mayu and uh, Yutami. So a few uh, interweaving stories. Starts off with some really good action from Sayakamatani and Mayu. This is a match, uh, another, uh, just obviously Mayu has been at the top of her game for a very long time now. She's a big, big deal in stardom, especially right now with that match coming up on the 20th. Sayakamatani, again, my wrestler of the year. This is a match that they did have in the five-star. I think it only went like seven or eight minutes. It was a really good match, but I wish that they gave the match a little bit more time because their exchange here it's absolutely fantastic. They almost do like very like lucha high speed here. Excellent start. A really good uh, double team from the Stars team. And then turns into some really good double team from the Aphrodite team. Of course, former tag team champions. Uh, the Ida machine gun chops to uh, Sayakamatani. Yutami comes in for the save as we have a huge tackle fest between the two strongest members of the team with Saeeda and Yutami. Saeeda hits the top rope power slam on Yutami and then follows up with the Road Warrior style shoulder tackle. Gets a two count. She tries for the brain buster, but uh, Sayakamatani comes in and makes the save. We get some double team moves on the Saeeda and then Mayu comes in and makes the save on her younger star's partner. Uh, Ida locks in the Itabashi on Yutami, but as Ida's bridging, this is a really cool spot, as Ida was bridging on the pin, Sai Kamatani comes running in with a jumping double stomp to make the save. They wind up taking uh, Mayu out, Aphrodite hit the magic killer, and then Yutami hits the German suplex, 8 minutes, 24 seconds. Talk about a hidden gem of a match in a year that is full of match of the year candidates from stardom. This was four stars. Absolutely go and see this match. This was absolutely fantastic. Okay, we move on to, as I dropped my phone, I apologize. This is very unprofessional. We move on to match number five as we get a blue uh, blue goddess of stardom tournament match as we have Waka and uh, Saki representing the team of um, 
Wild Venus, which Waka uh, for Cosmic Angels, Waka taking over for Mina Shirakawa. Obviously, she has the uh, the jaw injury from her championship match with Sai Kamatani, and it looks like that Waka is going to be taking over the spot for Mina for the rest of this tournament. And hey, you know, silver lining, uh, Waka let Waka take advantage of the situation because she's going to be in more high higher profile matches as in this match of taking on the former champions and last year's winner, FWC, Hazuki, and Koguma. And uh, right off the bat, I mean, if you think about it, it's supposed to be Mina and probably Yunagi in this tournament. Obviously, Yunagi left to become a freelancer, so they slot Saki in. Mina gets injured, so they slot uh, Waka in. I was really impressed, like two or three minutes in. Waka and Saki have some really good chemistry, and maybe this is something for them to do for next year. Again, you don't know what they're going to be doing with Waka. You don't know what they're going to be doing with Saki. Maybe not too much in the singles uh, area just because this everything is just so bundled up with the uh, the white belt and the red belt. You know, at the end of the going into the end of this year, beginning of next year, the, the Waka Saki team really, really intrigues me because they were really, really good here. I thought in the beginning how they got the advantage on their former champs uh, with some double team moves, some very innovative stuff. They did a great job of taking advantage of the situation. Eventually, Hazuki comes in with the boot scrapes onto poor Waka as we get some great action with uh, Saki and Koguma as well. Um, the, I think that uh, they kind of missed in their five-star match. I thought Saki and Koguma could have had a better five-star match, but they gelled really, really well here. Um, FWC has solid teamwork as usual as they just get better with each and every outing. Asaki boots Hazuki's face off. Usually we see Hazuki booting people's faces off, but uh, basically turned around as Asaki gets the huge boot on Hazuki, which you know there's going to be a receipt for that, uh, which eventually <laughs> she does get. You know, you're not going to you're not going to take advantage of Hazuki like that. Hazuki mania running wild, brother. Koguma helps FWC get the advantage back with some really good double team spots from the former champions. Uh, Hazuki, after she boots Saki, she puts the boots to poor Waka, basically boots her into next week. Uh, Hazuki hits the Hazuki driver for two count. And then Hazuki follows up with the stalling brain buster for the win, giving FWC their second win in the tournament, putting up to four points. I had this at three and a half stars. This got done just under nine minutes, eight minutes, 47 seconds. We move on to match number six and the co-main event of the show, six-person tag team action, as we have the tag team of Micah Himika and Mei Sakurai representing Donald Del Mundo taking on the evil Oedo tag team, Momo Watanabe, uh, Tora, and Saki Kashima. We get some heat on Mei Sakurai early, and then Himika comes in for the hot tag, and then we see some shoulder tackles and some really good stiff strike action uh, between kicks and forearms with Momo and uh, Himika. And that's a singles match that I don't think we've seen, or I haven't seen, uh, the two of them have, especially Momo with this new heel persona really getting into a groove these last four or five months, and obviously Himika having two title matches this year, you know, one for the white belt and one for the red belt. So both of these just completely different animals than they were a year ago. And that's a match, let's, you know, give that match 8, 10 minutes, 11 minutes. I'd love to see a Momo uh, versus a Himika match because their stuff was really, really good, as well as uh, Momo versus Micah. I thought you had the, the two pairings there. Again, those are matches that I don't think uh, we've seen, you know, in the last year or so. Some singles matches between the two of them. And again, obviously, Micah coming off that fantastic championship match with Sherry. And again, Momo Watanabe really on her game, especially towards the tail end of that five-star. So two intriguing matches possibly coming out of this one match. Uh, Mike and Himika use their teamwork to take uh, down Momo Watanabe. Tora helps Momo get the advantage back as Momo locks Micah in the cross-face chicken wing. Some really great forearm exchanges, like I said before, with Micah and Momo. 
Again, that's a match that I really, really want to see um, somewhere down the line. Mike and Himika hit the Tower of Doom superplex spot on Natsuko Tora. Um, and then as they try to hit the sandwich clothesline on the later of a way to tie, Starlight Kid, oh, that evil Starlight Kid, she interferes, that giving Saki and Momo the double team advantage on Mei Sakurai, leaving poor Mei Sakurai all to Tora, giving her the clear advantage as she's constantly beating down Mei Sakurai. It looks like she's getting ready to finish her, but Mei backheel trips Natsuko Tora and goes for the Mai Pai roll, but uh, Saki comes in with looks like a seat cushion and basically hits hitting everybody in DDM over the head with the seat cushion right in front of the ref. Should have called for the bell, but they had to wait until Tora comes in with the pipe and Momo comes in with the bat before they called for the disqualification. Should have called for a little bit earlier, but I guess they wanted to wait for Momo and Tora to come in with the uh, the bigger guns. Uh, I thought even though with the DQ finish, I thought this match was really, really good. And again, meaning, uh, that Tora looked really good here. Saki looked good in her spots. May Sakurai did a good job uh, selling, building up sympathy. And again, I really want to see the Momo versus Micah match and Momo versus Himika match. And also uh, Mike and Himika versus Momo and Starlight Kid matches. All I want to see down the line, uh, three and a half stars, 10 minutes, 28 seconds, leads us to the main event as we have the Karate Brave team of Innova and our World of Stardom champion, Shuri, taking on the team of Tekla and this year's five-star champion, uh, Julia, known as Mafia Bella. Some really great technical wrestling to start between uh, Inaba and Tekla. Tekla really just has not missed a beat since uh, she's been back at all. Seems like there's like no ring rust on her whatsoever. Mafia's Bella teamwork is really, really on point here. Uh, as we get a, and then uh, basically turns into a preview of Julia versus Sherry as uh, Sherry is just kicking, waylaying on Julia. But after a few kicks, Sherry, is, excuse me, Julia is able to get the advantage back with a suplex and the Shining Black. Shout out to Masahiro Chono. Uh, Sherry and Inaba have instantly great uh, chemistry here, as we saw that we saw in their uh, first round uh, match with Momo Watanabe and Starlight Kid. I mean, they're gelling right off the bat here really, really well. Obviously, they have that striking background and the way that they add their strikes together, I thought is really good. Uh, Sherry had a lock in a sharpshooter on Tekla here. Never seen that before. If she's done it before, uh, let me know. Sharpshooter, Scorpion King, Scorpion King, Scorpion, uh, Scorpion Deathlock, whatever you want to call it. Um, I used to call it the Scorpion King Deathlock when the Rock would put it on. Anywho, uh, Tekla hits Sherry with the Toxic Spider for two. Karate Brave, uh, excuse me, Inaba basically makes the save as we see some more double team action from the Karate Brave team. They hit that pop-up knee, or is what I call it, the 3D knee. And then Sherry quickly follows up with the Ruin uh, for the win on Tekla. Three and three-fourths stars. A solid way to end the show. Absolutely solid show. Again, my favorite match, though, was the uh, Stars ma- Stars versus Queen's Quest tag match with uh, Aphrodite taking on Mayu and Saida. Again, I highly implore everybody to go and watch the match. And, folks, that's where we will end it. Thank you so much, everybody, for bearing with me as I do this little solo project. Thanks uh, again for the uh, idea for possible Stardom Cast beer. We shall see. And I do have some names for the beer uh, as well, but I kind of want it Rob's live reaction. So uh, maybe in the next week or two, we will go over that. Thanks, everybody, for supporting on the Patreon. Thank you, everyone, for all of the uh, five-star reviews. Greatly appreciates it. Helps get this podcast out and helps the algorithm out. But I think that's where I'm going to cut it off for the day. And um, for the day for this podcast, 
Um, if anybody needs to get a hold of me, you know how to get a hold of me. It is Matt Turner OF on the Instagram and the Twitter as well. If social media is not your thing, I completely understand. Drop me an email at thestardomcast22 at gmail.com. I generally try to respond really quick. This weekend's going to be a little bit busy for me as I'm going to be away for my, uh, not annual, for my quarterly uh, catch annual camp. Um, so it's, I'll probably be in the car between Saturday and Sunday, anywhere between eight to nine hours. And then catch wrestling is like 12 to 13 hours between the two days. So if I don't get back to you right away, that's why I'll be getting stretched four ways till Sunday. But, uh, Hey, just a big fan of the shoot style of professional wrestling. And they do a great job over at snake Creek USA. Uh, head coach Joel Bain is just an absolute genius when it comes to angles and, uh, just torturing people with wrist locks and leg locks and knee bars and chokeholds. So, Always excited. This is my third time around. I have 22 accredited hours at Snake Pit USA, so this will be my uh, third third go at it, and I just have an absolutely fantastic time with all the coaches. So shout out to the fantastic uh, staff over at Snake Pit USA. But again, if you guys will need to get a hold of me, you know how to get a hold of me. But uh, that's it. Any questions, comments, let me know. Because um, like I said, this isn't just my podcast. It's our podcast because we're all in this together. And everybody's different. Everybody's special. Have a great day and a great night. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.